Thanks for joining this episode of the Roar Podcast. My name is Joel. My name is Terrell. And today we have the privilege of having Mr. Rodney Dallas, Assistant Dean of Students, joining us today. He is an alumni of Warner University. He is currently um, working in the position in student life. He's been here for 14 years. We also have Mr. Leon Anderson. He's one of our resident directors. Guys, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Hey, before we start, um, and for our listeners, earlier this week and actually into last week, Terrell and I were having a conversation about our favorite fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. Oh. And guys, I want you guys to chime in on this one as well. So we were talking about our favorite restaurants and we narrowed them down to two. I had my favorite. He had his. Mine's clearly the better choice in every scenario. Um, I highly doubt that, but it's okay. Continue. McDonald's, uh-huh. double arches, <laughs> for, excuse me, let me finish. <laughs> for the win. Quality of food's better. <laughs> Speed is not quite Chick-fil-A, but it's decent <clears throat> most of the time. <laughs> Ice cream is pretty good. Fries. Oh, fries. Subpar. Fries subpar. all the way. But then my friend over here, Terrell, comes over and... Wendy's! I'm like, sit down, fool. <laughs> okay. Number one, Wendy's has real meat. No, that stuff we've is... All, that is all, frozen. We have oh, all wow. seen those videos. <laughs> That's not that true. That was lighting words. That is not true. <laughs> Wendy's has real meat. No, nope. The Frosties are better. The ice cream is better. <clears throat> yes, it is. I don't know about all that. That uh, flurry hits a little different after a long day. <sighs> so, anyways. And, uh, 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 okay, okay. Uh, uh, all right. I ain't done, big fella. Our burgers, right? They're bigger. Our burgers. Are you one of their employees? You're that you know dedicated. What? I might as well be. <laughs> I might as well be. Look. <laughs> Love me a number nine spicy jalapeno cheddar burger. Mm. Oh, y'all don't have that. True. Okay. So the question we want to pose to you guys today tell our listeners. And be descriptive. Don't just give a Wendy's McDonald's. Give us a reasoning behind your your favorite pick out of those two. This determine and will explain a lot to me about your character. So choose your your answer wisely. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> well, I will tell you. Um, if I was doing this, having this conversation with you guys beforehand, I probably would not have picked either of those. I will say this. They have great Shame. things, but overall, probably not. <laughs> However, <laughs> if <laughs> if I have to choose one, I would probably go with Wendy's. Oh, Rodney. The burgers are fresh. They are they are fresher. However, if I nasty. could take a Wendy's burger and put it with McDonald's fries, I'd probably do that. But guys, I'm just a little sad with y'all because... It is about the Christian chicken. It not only Period. tastes good, Period. the Christian chicken not only tastes good, but it saves souls. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right. Okay. Whatever. Okay, Leon. Uh, it does it have to be like out of those two? Yes. Those two. Yes. Okay. Yes. Darn. You got to figure out which one's better. I had to give my disclaimer. I'm sorry. Gosh. <laughs> I, I, I guess Wendy's. Oh my God. He's <laughs> struggling with this, but he chose Because I, <laughs> I don't eat a yes. of them. Like, oh. Yes. Well, yes. Sucks to be. McDonald's makes my stomach. Yes. <laughs> All by <Yes>. yourself. <laughs> 
Well, okay, there you have it. For our audience listeners, I'd love to see you guys chime in to see what your favorite is. Um, I hope most of you guys come to the light and realize that McDonald's <laughs> Golden Arches is where it's at. The, but uh, no, okay. never ever. Okay, whatever. Wendy's buns are dry and nasty. That's that's okay. that's it for me. No, oh, ruins. No. I love nice soft buns. <laughs> we have more options. Okay. Anyways, moving on. They're angry. <laughs> the McDonald's meat staying in your, in your belly for like a year. <laughs> hey, now we're not getting scientific with it. It's all about how it tastes how it tastes going down. <laughs> that's all that matters. Okay, transitioning a little bit um, for our listeners, uh, we want to let them get a chance to know you guys a little bit more. So um, if you guys wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of your story, how God brought you here to Warner University. Okay. You want me to go first? I mean, it's, I'll, I'll be really quick, but I'll tell you, um, man, I was, I was introduced to Warner University at a young age because I grew up in the Church of God. So we would have some of our summer camps here over the summer. And I'll be honest, I did not want to come here as a college student because I've been here so many times before mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up coming here as a college student and it was probably the best decision of my life. Mm-hmm. Majored in music ministry and went on to do that for a few years. Years, but I always wanted to have the opportunity to come back mm. and work at Warner, and I got that. And I thought it was only going to be for a um, short period of time, but I mean, fourteen years later. <laughs> Ta-da! But I will tell you, it's it was um, being here as a student was some of the best times of my life. You know, meeting people, you know, having the mentorships of instructors and staffs on campus, and we haven't lost that. So mm. that's that's something that I'm really proud of mm. and happy about mm. this place. Thanks, for Sharon. Running. I wasn't that acquainted with Warner, no, <laughs> but like I'm right up the road. So I heard about the school, you know, um, being that I came from like a Christian background, it was ideal, but, um, I started off at a community college in Tallahassee and things didn't go well. So one of my friends that was actually going here, uh, suggested that, you know, I should come here. It would be great. Blah, blah, blah. I didn't have any idea what I was going to do. I got here. Uh, the first person I spoke to was, uh, Dr. Dar. And he referred me to Dana and he Dana kind of helped me, you know, um, decide mm-hmm. that music ministry was the way to go. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that. Awesome. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Okay. So going into the next question, um, what led you to pursue a job in uh, higher education? Well, I wasn't looking for it. For it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so bad. But, you know, when when the opportunity uh, came about for me to come to come back to Warner as a staff person, mm. I was in full time ministry. Um, but I think I was at a place where I was getting burnt out, mm. and I mm-hmm. think it was time for something different. Mm. Um, and so, I was asked to apply to be a resident director. And I really did come in with the intentions intentions that I would be here for maybe at the most three years. Mm. And then I'd probably be back in full-time ministry. So my wife and I, we had gotten married on July 7, 2007. Mm. And then 15 days later, we moved into Spencer Hall. Wow. And um, I would tell you, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Mm. But that first year, I fell in love with what I got to do. Mm. Um and it just gave me a hunger to kind of, you know, dive deeper and find out, you know, what is student development? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really think about it when you're a college student, but mm-hmm. when you come 
into it as a staff person and you see all of the things that it entails, residence life, spiritual life, career services, you know, all of these different things, um, you are helping shape young people for the future. Mm. You know, we don't work in the classrooms, but we're in the dorms, we're in the community spaces at events. And in our own way, we have an opportunity to pour into these young people and give them skills that they need mm. um, for their professional life, you know, personal life and whatever else. And I was like, I want to do this more, you know? And so I just started diving deeper into it and getting acquainted with um, the CCCU, which is the uh, Coalition of Christian Colleges and Universities, um, and ACSD, which is a student development platform, um, and just getting connected and figuring out what what else could I get involved mm. in. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, like Rodney, I kind of didn't, you know, I didn't expect to get a job here, but mm. when I got the email, I applied, you know, just kind of like wanted to uh, change of scenery because I was working at Starbucks and I was mm. getting sick of it, <laughs> especially in the world of COVID <laughs> or the C word. <laughs> um, but I think the the inspiration came after I spoke to um, Antome first um, and then Rodney um, kind of, you know, just inspired me to, you know, step out into that leadership role because I was nervous. I was kind of scared, you know. Uh, come back among my peers and and lead. So mm. one of the things that Rodney inspired me with was, you know, it's okay to fail, you know, mm. just grow from that and learn from that. So I think that was like my greatest encouragement, mm. I guess, from being back here. Cool. So it's kind of awesome to hear how God kind of brought things full circle for both of you. Um, and listening to your stories, obviously ministry and music Sounds like God's been using that a lot. And personally, knowing you guys before coming to this podcast, it's been an honor to watch you guys use your gifts to glorify God and lead others into his presence. And so for our audience, um, both these guys here have incredible voices for those who are listening. These two right here, some of the best voices I've ever heard. And they've used them very, very proficiently and glorifying their Heavenly Father. But not to segue too much, I could talk about their (laughs) talents all day. But these two have used their gifts of worship and worship ministry to impact countless lives. But I want to kind of start where it all began. When did you guys kind of fall in love with music? And when did God start using that? And you realize that, hey, this is a gift that God has given me to use. Honestly, um, I kind of didn't think of it at first. Mm-hmm. You know, I just would hum to myself and kind of like listen to music and notice the uh, the change in my mood or whatnot. Mm. Um, and then, you know, of course, in church, you know, in that kind of setting, I was kind of doing other stuff like uh, helping, you know, just doing something other than actually like being in choir or mm. praise and worship. And then my pastor kind of reached out to me and was just like, hey, I think uh, you would be great in this area. So I started off in like a youth uh <laughs> youth choir kind mm. of deal mm-hmm. sort of like a praise and worship thing mm. um but then i, I kind of found my flow there and um just noticed how god would you know minister to me mm. um through that and and that was that was all it took where it all began <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah i would say for me it um it started in the church you know i was um i went to a church where i was probably the youngest by a lot, a lot, a lot of years. Okay. <laughs> but um, my pastor and his wife and family, they were very musical. And so they would, you know, get me involved on Sundays and stuff. And I was fine with that because we only had like 40 people. Mm. Um, 
<clears throat> but he introduced me to some other things within the Church of God, like um, the Florida State Youth Choir that we used mm. to have. And that was a really big impact on my life. Uh, Dana Hallstrom actually led that for uh, quite some time, and he did it. Um, he, my last year was actually his first year being the director. Mm, wow. But yeah. um, just the time that I spent in that group for the you know five summers I did that in high school, it was more than just you know going to churches, singing, and delivering a message, but they actually mentored you. And, you know, especially if they saw, you know, a gift, like, I feel like this is what God is calling Mm -hmm. you to do. Mm -hmm. You know, they would invest in you and he and Dana did as well as a lot of other people. And um, that encouragement um, was so important. I think it was um, so key for me at that point in time, because I was like, a worship leader, is that really a real job? Like people do that full time? Well, yeah, they do. But um you know, it was it was awesome to have that influence, but the church is where it started. Mm. Um, and I think that's where I'll always be comfortable, mm. you know, at, is just, you know, singing in the church. Definitely. Um, for all of our listeners who don't know, Joel is also a little bit of a music man and me, oh, myself. A, little, a lot of it. A little bit. Where's the good uh, part? No, no, calm, calm down now. <laughs> but um, I do want want to go around as well. So, Joel, if you want to. Yeah, of course. Um, so, uh, my family, um, God bless them. They're all tone deaf. <laughs> None of them know how to play a single instrument. My, my dad tried trumpet in high school. My mom played clarinet for about two weeks before she smashed it um, when she was a kid. So, musically growing up, I was kind of on my own. Um, personally, I've loved music. I loved, um, spiritually, that's where my Heavenly Father and I connected the most yeah. during times of worship, whether that was corporately or by myself. Yes. Um, that's why I fell in love with music. Uh, I didn't really see myself. I just enjoyed those moments. I didn't see myself down the road ever using any kind of musical gift because I didn't think I have any, had any in me. But thankfully, I had a friend of mine who drug me to guitar lessons my sophomore year of high school. Hated every second of it. I uh, was frustrated, did not like anything to do with it or anything about it. Um, but he held me accountable, um, struggled through those three months of guitar lessons. And I was like, at the end of it, I was like, Hey, I I kind of enjoy this. This is, this is kind of fun. So I taught myself the rest, um, and everything else I know I kind of taught myself as the years progressed. It wasn't until high school where I I had a, a youth pastor who was at that point in my life, a huge mentor. And he was like, Hey, I think you have a gift here. I want you to step out in faith and stretch yourself a little bit. So he, um, along with our worship leader kind of took me under his wing and I, my high school year, I got incorporated in corporate worship, led in our youth group and our our main service. Um, and thankfully, um, I had men in my life who were obedient to their calling who helped me realize that, Hey, this is something I want that God wants me to use to glorify him and draw others to him as well. And so, um, had the privilege of actually getting a worship degree here at Warner as well. I finished with a minor, uh, like I said, no musical background. So the moment I took theory one, I realized music theory one that I'm not doing this as a degree. Isn't it scary? No, it scared the crap out of me. It's like foreign language. For those of you who have taken music theory, you know exactly Gosh. what I'm talking about. I had so, anxiety five oh, days a week at oh, eight o'clock in the morning. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'd it stay was, up till like fundamentals for me. Oh, oh, yeah. oh my goodness. And but so, it's worth it. But oh, it I sure would, was. I would be so scared. I'm like, oh, don't oh, call my name. I would cry. I'd call my mom every Sunday night. Mom, do I have to go to class tomorrow? And she's like, yes, you got to persevere. So anyways, I finished with a minor. I decided to switch. I was like, I don't know if I could do this for all four years. So I switched to music minor and God's opened so many doors got to travel with a lot of worship teams here from Warner and I'll serve in my church. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed the doors that God has opened with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Um, me, 
both of my grandmothers um, actually sang in church. My grandmother on my dad's side was a soprano that could, gosh, she could blow. Her voice was absolutely wonderful. God rest her soul. Um, and then my grandmother on my mom's side, she also sang. So, you know, we... You no know, bouncing back and forth from my, grand- my grandmother on my mom's side and my grandmother on my dad's side, different churches and being in the house and listening while my grandmother is singing and cooking and then singing along. And, you know, um, my both of my parents were really into soul and R&B and gospel music. So mm-hmm. hearing all of that stuff around, I kind of just caught on when I was real little and then just, you know, it just continued, definitely continued with me. And um. I would say my sophomore year of um, high school is when I really kind of got kind of serious about it. Mm. Um, I had I was down in Florida for a year. We were having some money trouble. So we decided to move back up to Pennsylvania with family. And I got to join um, the worship group at my um, my childhood church, church that I grew up in. And it kind of just changed everything from, I was like, wow, you know, the way that, um, the way that God works through music and that he works through, um, the voice and, you know, the feeling and, um, everything, everything about music is Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. And me being able to see that and experience that and to be able to say, wow, he's working through me right now to do, Mm -hmm. you know, Something, you know, because mm-hmm. you never know what it is. It could be um, helping somebody through a situation just hearing that one song. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, so, you know, since then, you know, I'd always been singing, you know, whether it's choirs or whatever, just because it was fun and I love to do it. But mm. then, you know, that year it became more serious for mm. me, more serious for me. And I've just been doing it ever since. God's blessed me to mm. sing with different people and find people who sing Leon and, <laughs> and you know, everybody sitting here around me. So that's awesome. hundred percent. So it's kind of cool here in our stories. Everyone's sitting around this table has been impacted by Warner university. And I guess their, their music, I guess, ministry development. I know for myself, my time here at Warner kind of opened my eyes to like the practical music side of things. Like oh, I said, yeah. no, no musical training. This opened my eyes to the whole new world. Help me become a better musician because at the end of the day, God deserves our best. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Warner had the impact on me, kind of helped me f- round my fundamentals very well and also learned exa- what corporate worship should look like personally, more mm-hmm. theologically. Um, so that, that's my impact. But for you guys around this table, how has Warner kind of influenced your impact in music ministry? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I came from a very traditional church. When we sang, we opened up that hymnal. Mm-hmm. They say, turn to him. Amen. 45, okay? <laughs> I can remember mm-hmm. sitting in my first chapel service here as a student, and th- th- I'm, I'm dating myself, but the song, it was an old hill song, um, song. It was shout to the Lord. Ooh. Okay. I know, right? I'm so old, oldie. but I'm like, what is this shout to the Lord? <laughs> what is this song? <laughs> I'm like, where's where the hymn note at? You know, are we going to open the book and sing out of that? But it was very contemporary mm. at that time. And I, I think I was 
having a little bit of culture shock because the only time I experienced contemporary music was with this youth choir, mm-hmm. but not mm-hmm. in the form of praise and worship. And so when I started hearing these songs, I mean, I kind of went crazy. I kind of made it a point to, you know, find out, you know, what are praise and worship bands? What What is this new thing? And mm-hmm. started being introduced to Hillsong and Passion and Vineyard and all of these other folks. And, um, for me, that kind of helped me understand where where you can go in worship ministry. But also, I would say my classmates, my peers were also a big influence because, you know, even though we were a small department, uh, we spent a lot of time together. But we also spent a lot of time together encouraging and challenging mm-hmm. each other to be better than what we, you know, as better than what we came in as, you know, yeah. to just exceed our expectations. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I, I was in, I was in class, you know, I, my class, my, my friends, um, were really knowledgeable about music and worship. And that just made me want to, you know, just dive in there even mm-hmm. more and, you know, learn more and to not only learn from the classes, but learn from them, mm-hmm. you know, what they were taught from their home churches and their mm-hmm. parents. And I'll tell you, um, some of those fundamental things I still use today, mm-hmm. whether I'm just on a worship team or leading worship. Mm-hmm. And I probably will until I'm just completely done mm-hmm. with, um, you know, ministry period. Period, but my classmates and just this place in general. And like mm. you said, also just having the opportunity to, you know, lead in chapel, mm. but not to just lead, but have moments to reflect mm. on that with mm-hmm. people who can give you some great insight mm. um, has been so important. And I, I, I thank God for that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would say um, coming from home, uh, one of the things that I had to learn that um, there's diversity you know, in other places, especially mm-hmm. colleges, so Christian true. colleges, yeah. especially. Yeah. That was the main influence um, or impact of worship when I got here. I was kind of used to, you know, one thing. My church wasn't so traditional, but it was very uh, family oriented, mm-hmm. you know, like country kind of thing. <laughs> kind of just, you know, someone got on the drums and, you know, depending on if the person was there to, uh, that night, you know, they may play the keyboard or whatnot. Yeah. Coming mm-hmm. here, you had people that was, you know, in different outlets or, mm-hmm. you know, um, could play different instruments or whatnot, and then mm-hmm. you had your singers or whatnot, and they all didn't look like you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So relationships yeah. was very important. You know, yeah. I think that was one of the things that I really had to work on because mm-hmm. I was just so used to, you know, e- like going to a stage or or grabbing a mic and just expecting everybody to know what's mm-hmm. up. Like this yeah. is it. <laughs> but no, you have to, you know, learn your mates. You have to mm-hmm. um grow in Christ together, and mm-hmm. that's what makes the you know the bond tighter. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. Definitely. How about you, Terrell? Um, coming in, um, I'd say it, it definitely had a big impact on me. My freshman year was not so great. Um, who the RD at the time was uh, Adam, right? And my room was <laughs> my room was um, right against his. So I'm I'm an early riser. Mm. I always get up in between four and six. It's just me. Oof. It is what it is. Boy, that's early. I would. I know. <laughs> I know. Trust me. <laughs> Adam found out too. Um, I because you know I me being me. I get up. I turn on music and I sing in the shower. So um, that year. It'd be almost like every other day he would pound on the wall because I'd just get up in the morning and sing because I didn't pay no mind. So glad I wasn't your neighbor. (laughs) Holy cow. I would have hated you. (laughs) Um, 
But, you know, he eventually um, introduced me to Dana and, you know, I got into choir and everything. And then I got into Red Letter as well. And um, I had the opportunity to travel that summer. And, you know, I was going through a lot and I wasn't really. um, Well, if I'm being totally honest, I really wasn't liking God at the moment Mm because I had, you know, mom was dealing with cancer, my little sister you know, dealing with her mental state, um, me tearing my ACL for the second time, just mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff happening, happening back to back. So mm-hmm. when he asked me, I was like, okay, I, I took it as a way to kind of, you know, get away from home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Get away from home. And then Leon was also in the group and he kind of convinced me a little bit as well. Um, but that summer, although, um, you know, we did have our problems and everything, but, but that was probably, um, the time where I saw God move the most. I've met so mm. many people, so many kids that went through all these things and me thinking about my story and there, it's just like, wow, the, mm. the amount of, of, of pain that mm. people go through and still flock to him mm. was tremendous. Mm. Absolutely tremendous. And I think that, um, that summer kind of shaped what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Because I don't know. After seeing that, like, what? How could you not? You know what I mean? Want yeah. to do that? Well, mm. Wow. So, moving now to like a personal, personally in your walk with Christ, um, how has worship impacted you? How's how is your time at Warner and everything that God's brought you through? How do you how do you appreciate worship now compared to maybe let's say five five ten years ago? based on what God has kind of brought you through and what you've gone through, what you've learned, how can you appreciate the musical time of worship as well as just worship in general, whether that's personally, uh, yeah, let's start personally, personally in your own walk with Christ. I mean, I think for a while, you know, you, you sing these songs and they do have a powerful message and um, you would hope that they impact you know, those who you are, you know, ushering to, into the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you are, you know, for your own self, for mm-hmm. your own private worship or private, you know, time with Christ, um, when for me, I feel like it's just a way um, for me to just prepare my heart, mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. Um, to hear what God has to say to mm-hmm. me, you know, after a time of worship. But it's also a way that, you know, I could just communicate with Christ, mm-hmm. you know, how mm-hmm. I'm feeling. Because, you know, I've heard I've heard this saying um before where it says, you know, where words fail, music speaks. Mm -hmm. And that's true because not everyone is willing to listen to someone or have a conversation. But if you hear a song, you know, and especially if it has the right words, Mm -hmm. the right beat and dynamics and everything, it can really be impactful. It can allow you to reflect on, you know, where you've been or where you are or even where you hope to be, Mm -hmm. you know, just by that melody, you know, the song, the words, the music, all of that um i just i feel like it's really powerful um and i see it very differently now Mm. that i'm not in full-time ministry versus Mm. when i did and i think part of that has to do with you know um you know just 
being a pastor and you're always in the rustle and bustle of things. I think pastors are at times some of the worst ones to have quiet time with the Lord. Okay. Mm. Cause we are so w- worried with, you know, caring for others. We're mm. always worried about others and making sure that they are where they need to be, that we tend to um, neglect ourselves. But mm. when you um, step away from that and you have to become more intentional about what you're doing, um, it can have a, a whole different meaning, especially if you're really asking God, you know, Lord, just speak to me and really just accept this time as a as an offering of worship because it's just you and the Lord. Yeah. Ain't nobody else there but yeah. the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to really mean it, you know, and it's got to be, you know, meaningful. Mm. So I think for me now, um, I see it as a way for me to prepare my heart. You know, if I'm getting ready for devotions in the morning, which I usually do mine's early, um, I'll listen to a couple of worship songs first. Um, and then go into prayer and get into God's word and just try to reflect on that. It kind of just focuses mm-hmm. me, grounds me for what uh, to prepare for what the Lord has to say. Um, I think personally for me, it's like a, it's like Jesus. Um, when you first come into, you know, the encounterment with Jesus, it's like him reaching his hands out and, you know, you kind of grab for it. But then he's like, you know, running and now you're chasing him in a sense, um, because I feel like the way or my idea of worship in the beginning is definitely different from how it is now. Mm. Um, at first, it was very expressive for me. It was about music and, um, you know, prayer. And, you know, I didn't really think of anything else. You know, I thought typically that was it. But then, you know, I went through some things in my life where it was just like, you know, I don't have the energy. I don't have the stamina right now to, to do exactly Mm -hmm. what I used to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that challenged me to, to find God in Mm -hmm. a different place. He's not stagnant. He's not just staying there. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, sending you on this chase and you're running after him with, you know, everything you got. Um, so I, I literally find, uh, worshiping God. Like when I wake up, um, I've developed a mindset where not only am I grateful, like, God, what can I do to please you today? I know I don't do everything right, but let something in me, let something that comes out of me be worshiped to you. You know, at this point, it's just like, <laughs> um, I have to find you wherever I can. You know, I, um, I find myself, you know, doing multiple things and finding God, you know, like meditation. I really didn't uh, do that at first, but now I find myself meditating because the day and age we live in now, it's just, you know, sometimes you need a little peace. Sometimes mm-hmm. you need, some yes. some silence it's just Be like still Jesus. for a moment that's <laughs> right. right yeah like i like yeah. rodney said i don't have the words right now yeah. like you need to examine me you need mm. to speak within me you know so um th- that's what it is for me you know 100 mm. percent um kind of skipping ahead there big fella no i'm just playing i'm sorry no 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 you're all right you're all right but since we're um on the topic um how how do I how do I word this? Um, should worship be something that only happens in a corporate setting or in your private time with Christ in your home? And what are the benefits of both? And how do you think it should be approached? Both ways. Mm-hmm. That's a um, good question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I mean, privately, again, that's between you and the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there may be days where you are very joyous and you are just celebrating and giving God praise, but there might be days where you are, you know, laying flat on your face and crying out to God. Um, and I, I think even in those times, we've got to find a way to give thanks. Mm-hmm. Even when we're in the valleys, um, God deserves, um, our best as much as we can. Um, so I think, you know, personally, it helps us to reflect on our life and to not only just reflect on our life, but continue to stay um, armed, not only, you know, with, you know, giving God praise, but being in his word. Worship isn't just singing, but it's also diving into God's word and understanding how do I apply that to my life? Mm-hmm. You know, when we go back to Romans 12, it's it doesn't say, you know, offer your songs. It says <laughs> offer your body. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so in all things, you know, we've got to give, you know, God glory and live mm. according to his will and way. Um, and especially how Jesus, you know, really illustrated that for us in the Gospels and how he lived his life, you mm-hmm. know, working, t- teaching his disciples and teaching the masses. Um We've got to give our all to Christ. Mm-hmm. And part of that is the the um, independent part of, of worship. But I also believe that Christ calls us to worship corporately because mm-hmm. he created us um, to be in community with one yes. another. I mean, if that wasn't the case, he would not have, you know, felt bad that Adam was by himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he he wouldn't say, okay, you need a partner. He wouldn't be like, okay, go live your life. But no, mm-hmm. he said, I want you to have a companion. And I think out of that, we naturally long to be with people. And why not be with people who have the same interest as you? Mm-hmm. You know, if mm-hmm. people love to worship and praise the Lord, you know, you come together and you lift the Lord up and watch the Holy Spirit do its Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. corporately and answer prayers amongst Mm -hmm. those. And I think we're called to also do that um, to be there for one another, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of as it talks about in Acts 2.42, the fellowship of believers. It's more than just worship, but we are journeying life Mm -hmm. together. And that, Mm -hmm. too, is a part of worship Mm -hmm. because we are looking out for our brothers and sisters. Drops mic. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> after that it's like, what can you say? <laughs> A lot. <laughs> I, I mean, all I can really say to that, like, I totally agree. Like, um, like definitely what I said before, but like that that was something I had to learn the whole congregational mm-hmm. worship because mm-hmm. sometimes you can get in the way. Or you're just like, well, they're not doing it like I like it. Or, <laughs> you know, I'm upset at this one because blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like that, it hits. And, and when it, whenever God ministers to your heart about, you know, congregation and, mm. you know, fellowship, mm. it, it doesn't give you any room to say, you know, I can do this by myself. Mm. And you find that when you do step out and actually, you know, join the, uh, the communion or whatnot, um, you actually get more than what you thought. So you true. Know? Mm-hmm. You're, um, you're right. We're, we're preparing to be one body, you know, and, and sometimes we can get very individualistic and, mm-hmm. and wonder why God is not meeting us, you know, or why we feel like we're in a dry uh, spout. It's just like, you got to lean on each other, you know, yes. that's worship, yes. you know, yes. that is uh, testimonies right mm-hmm. um, at the church that I used to, uh, that I grew up in, they would do testimony night. Mm. And um, a lot of us did not like going to that service because it was an additional service to the Sunday morning service. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> But after 
everybody came together and we heard different ones testimonies how they overcame something mm-hmm. or they were expecting something and God you know brought them out of this mm-hmm. and oh my gosh it was very mm-hmm. encouraging and and what you know began as oh another night service another testimony night. turned into I don't want to leave now yeah. <laughs> you know right. because yeah. now I'm in communion with my brothers and sisters awesome. and and I'm, I'm I'm sure that's pleasing to God oh, I'm yeah. sure that makes them yes. smile so. I, I'm kind of just piggyback. I'm trying to piggyback. Yeah. <laughs> do, do what you got to do. It's okay. Well, fellas, as we begin to wrap up here, um, I want to first of all, thank you for sharing your heart. It's it's encouraging for me just to hear how God has used you guys, what he's taught you. Um, I think it is going to be for our listeners, for those listening. I think it helps us put worship into a perspective. Um, worship is not just an experience on, mm, on yeah. s- Sunday morning. It's a lifestyle. Yes. It's a day-to-day yes, lifestyle yes. that we're called to pursue. Oh. And um, I've been blessed to have guys like this around this table to encourage me and do life together. I mean, we are the church and yeah. that's not just on Sunday mornings. Definitely. And so um, for those of you listening, I want to encourage you to surround yourselves with people who are going to help you walk in your relationship with Christ, hold you accountable, not yes. just on Sundays, mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. Um, but as we begin to wrap up, um, I'm going to ask um, all three of you, actually, what is one or the two songs that God is currently using right now to minister to where you're at that we can maybe pass on to our listeners, oh, encourage yeah. them to take a <laughs> listen to Rodney. Do you want to start? It seems like you got a feel in your mind. Um, oh, gosh. OK, so um, I love the song Champion Oof. by Bethel. Oh, my song. gosh. With Bowie. Woo. My drive to work is only two minutes, okay? But I will drive slow just to get through that. <laughs> <laughs> that is so bad. Um, that's, that is a really good song. And then there's another one on that album that our church just did. And I cannot remember. Anything is possible. Oh, that's a jam right there. I mean, there. those words right there show me um, what what's how does the song, the chorus goes. But uh, I, now I can't remember. Show me one thing. Show me one thing he can't, can't do. do. Show me mountains he can't, can't move. move. He's the God of the, the breakthrough. Mm, and that amen. is so true because there isn't anything that our God cannot that do. And sometimes so we have to remind Free, ourselves yes, of preach. that yes. when we are going through something. And man, we were jamming to that song this Sunday. Mm. I mean, I was just like, yes, Lord, I believe everything in this song. <laughs> yeah. But those two right now <laughs> That's are awesome. what I'm listening to. Um, one of them uh, for me is uh, a song by... Uh, Donald Lawrence. Mm. It's mm-hmm. called God of Angel Armies. Mm. Yes. Oh my yes. God. Mm. It's, a, it's basically um, revolving around Psalms 91, mm. um, talking about, you know, when you're in danger or whenever you uh, feel like darkness is, you know, rushing in on you, God sends his angels to mm. encamp with you. Yes. You know, and, and I listen to that and I really get ministered. Like, that really ministers mm. to me. And then I sing it to myself and it's just like, yes, like, yes, God, I feel the angels. Mm. No, <laughs> but <laughs> that's one of them. And believe it or not, like, I have to go pull an oldie, but raise a hallelujah. Ooh. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love that you one. Can't get, oldie you but can't goodie, baby. Right. Can't overplay yeah, that it. one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Good. All right, um, T-Rail, yours. Hold on, don't move on now. You got to give you... Oh, you're okay. looking it up. No, okay. yeah, I had to... Okay. I, I couldn't remember. He's got a playlist. <laughs> I, I, I do. Um, the first one is um, Hold On by Leandria Johnson. Yes. Um, golly. Um, she herself has a testimony. Yes, oh, she wow. does. Yes, she does. Yes, she Florida. does. But, <laughs> Represent. Yep. Um, but the song is... Um, well, the the chorus it says, uh, "Hold on to God's unchanging hand." Yes, mm. and you know it, it kind of reminds you. And, and I'm just gonna 
the first verse, it says, uh, God is not through with me yet. This life is only a test. Mm. Trials may come and they go. Um, but work for you is hold on. Wow. Mm. You know what I mean? To, um, just, you know, and especially recently, you know, I've, I've had some other stuff happen within the family. It's just mm. kind of reminded me, you know, uh, don't, don't stop just because you're distracted. Mm. Yeah. You know, mm. to it's continue to pursue, to continue to to hold on, to mm. to to hold on, and to follow him, and to you know to let him lead you. Um, my other song, um, which you showed to me, Joel, not not too long ago, is um, "Never Lost" Oof. from mm. Elevation. Mm. Number good, one, one, he can sing. Oh my, he can <laughs> Ron Wells, get that man a mic. <laughs> he can sing, but. Um, you know, and it it kind of it speaks to the same thing. Mm. Uh-huh. You know that you know you you are never lost from his watching eye, from mm-hmm. his love. You're never lost from it, and he will never lose. Period. Mm-hmm. Point blank. Wow. Never. Absolutely cool. never. And yours, Joel. So Thanks I've been you. I've been on a Corey Asbury high the last few mm. few weeks. Yes, that man is an authentic worshiper yes. through and through. His his the words behind his songs are not only spirit inspired, but they're his journey inspired. Yeah. Mm. So two songs right now that I love. It's actually off the Bethel album to Egypt. Mm-hmm. It just talks about God's faithfulness to his people, the Israelites. And it, it just, you can see that reflected in your own personal walk. For, at least for me personally, I've been going through a spiritual journey as well as a personal journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but that song just is a testimony to what God's been doing in my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I love jamming to that. I also take the long way to work. Um, <laughs> listen to that song that and champion right. are like back to back every morning so it's like nine minutes i'm like i had to drive real slow yeah. <laughs> got it real slow and then we sure can if you hit every red light i've tried it um and the second song by Corey asbury dear god um on his album um to love a fool he gets so authentic and real with god and says hey i know i've i've i messed up i've wandered away from you um but i don't know where else to go but to your arms and so just that authentic worship, heartfelt worship is what I've been resonating a lot with. Um, I, I try to wipe the tears away before I walk into the office after listening to that one. Amen. It's just, just so good. Um, but guys, we encourage all of you to let's take a listen to those songs. All yes. of them yes. minister yes. in their own specific yes. way. And I yes, think God, I think God will reward your obedience to go listen to those. Um, but thank you guys so much. Now, Charles got one more thought. Here we go. Before we end. So this is, this is going to be our, uh, a new, uh, running oh, yes, series yes. with everybody that we have uh, come on to the podcast, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> you're the first ones. <laughs> you, yes. Y'all will probably be mad at me, but it's okay. It's perfectly fine. Initiation. Uh, <laughs> sure is. <laughs> I'm nervous. Um, Carefully. We want them to come back now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you're right. Um, do y'all, have y'all seen Shrek three? Yeah. Shrek three. Okay. So when he's at the, when he's uh, at the party mm-hmm. and you know, he's entertaining for the kids, there's a little kid with a little bob cut. <laughs> yes. Leon knows where we're going. So because you guys are guests on the show on the roar podcast, on the roar podcast oh, before you leave, <laughs> you have to do the roar. Do the roar. Do the roar. <laughs> Rodney, you have to run. You're first. Here we go. No, <laughs> Leon's first. <laughs> I, get, I just got nervous. My hands like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Come on, Leon. Oh, Come on now. <laughs> oh, this is so embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> 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 Leon. <Yeah. laughs> 
Okay, hold on. Do your roar. Can you, can you turn some of them buttons and give me some bass in my voice? <laughs> all right, all set, all ready. Like, it's like, roar! <laughs> roar! Yes! Yes! Yes, yes, yes. Rodney, awesome. Leon, thank you so much for Thanks, joining man. us on the Roar podcast. Listeners, you can find us on our website, um, anywhere you can stream podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time. 